You are listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Downtown is crowded tonight as legions of screaming fans gather in hopes of catching a glimpse of their favorite celebrity. We've got WKPBBCCRP's Karen Marmalade on the scene. Karen? As you can hear, Lester, it's fandemonium at the planetarium. (laughs) News pun. Love it. People of all ages with cameras ready. They're living for this moment. The chance to see someone so famous... They go by one name, and one name only. Uh, like Morrissey. Bigger. Bono. Bigger. Madonna. Still bigger. <gasps> Oprah. Lester, this celebrity is so big, you'll actually see them with the naked eye from 35 million miles away. Oh, I think they've just arrived. Sup, people? It's your boy Mars, the Red Planet. Or as my bros call me, the Rad Planet. Awesome to see you all, and thanks for the support. Just make sure you tag me in all your pictures. Oh, and use hashtag MarsCloseApproach. Also, smash that subscribe button on my YouTube. Oh, and follow me on Twitter, plus I'm on Insta. Catch me on Yelp. Bad props to the cheesemongers at House of Gouda. Always Lester, five stars. this could take a while, so why don't we cut to another story? Uh, I deliver with that sounds good. And now, this thing. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and with me today are brother and sister Sierra and Isaac Philhauer from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hi, guys. Hi. So, do you have any favorite facts about Mars? I like that there might have been life, and then there might be life right now on Mars. Yeah, that is very, very intriguing and exciting to think about. Well, today we are talking Mars because this July, Mars and Earth are having what's called a close pass. That means the red planet will be much closer than usual. Just 35.8 million miles away. That's nothing when you think about it, though. Sometimes Mars and Earth are 250 million miles apart. In fact, all this month, it should be easy to spot Mars with just your eyes. It'll be bigger and brighter than it's been since 2003. No wonder Mars is feeling like a star. It's shining bright like one. So Isaac and Sierra, do you ever look up at the night sky? Yeah, when we go camping and sometimes we look at it. So when you look up at the night sky with all the stars, what what do you think about? Um, is there life? It's a very good question. What do you think? Do you think there's life out there? I think so. It's very possible. I think if there's um, life forms far, far out there, the universe is, like, never-ending, so if you go far enough, you'll probably find living creatures. Like, when you have those thoughts about, like, aliens or, like, sort of how big the universe is, like, what kind of feelings does that make you have? Like, what do you think about? It makes me feel like just have nobody ask me another question for, like, another five minutes. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like, I sort of feel like I'm sort of, like, floating away, and I sort of have to think about, like, what I had for lunch today to, like, get back to Earth. Well, it is pretty cool to think that we can see another planet just by looking up. But where should we look? And why is Mars closer sometimes and farther other times? Here to help us with all this is Miana Short. 
Miana is an aspiring astrophysicist who recently graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and her research has included flaring stars, finding stellar nurseries, figuring out the mass of the Orion giant molecular cloud, as well as supermassive black hole classifications. Pretty cool stuff. Welcome, Miana. Thank y'all for having me. What will Mars look like? Will it look bigger, and could we see mountains and other stuff on it? So... Upon its closest approach at the end of July, Mars will look like a reddish star. And in fact, it will be the third brightest object in our night sky after the moon and Venus. And this is super interesting because Jupiter, which is farther away than Mars, but also the largest planet in our solar system, is usually the third brightest object in the night sky. But now Mars is coming in to claim that bronze away from our most visible gas giant as the third brightest object in the sky. How can your average kid see Mars during this close pass? Well, Mars will be at its closest super late at night on July 31st. And I'm talking like 3.50 a.m. If you don't quite see yourself waking up that early, then most nights this season, you can see Mars rising opposite the sunset. So our sun always rises in the east and always sets in the west. However, right now, Mars is rising in the west and setting in the east in sort of a defiance of the sun. So Mars will look like a a reddish star, and it will be bright. You don't need a telescope, but if you do have even a a weaker telescope, well, you can actually see features. So Mars has um, two polar caps, just like we do, made of ice. And so you will likely be able to see them, as well as features, physical features of the planet. So Some of Mars has regions that are uh, darker than others, and you would be able to see those as well. Why does it change its distance from Earth? Right. So that's a function of the shape of its orbit, as well as the different speeds in which Mars and Earth are essentially moving around the sun. The Earth's orbit is about twice as fast as Mars, which means that it takes almost two Earth years for it to go around the sun. Is Mars always the closest planet to Earth? That's a great question. And actually, no. So not too long ago, I casually mentioned that Venus is the second brightest object in the night sky after the moon. And that's because Venus is almost twice the size of Mars and generally millions of miles closer to the Earth than Mars. If there were intelligent life on Mars and they were looking up up at the night sky, would Earth look closer during the close pass? That's a great question, and they absolutely would. And we would likely look like a blue star in their sky where they look like a red star in ours. I think everyone should look at it. I think everyone should spend at least five minutes just gazing and appreciating the majesty of Mars because it's rare for it to get this close, especially twice as bright as Jupiter in the sky. That's incredible. Thanks for being here. It's been a blast talking to you guys, really. Yeah, I like talking to you too. Thanks for being on the show. Bye, everybody. 
Hey guys, it's B-Bars. You know the planet. What's up? It's been a while since I posted a video, but I've got something big to share. You know how they say there's like no life on Mars and only Earth has people? Well, that always, that always really bugged me because like I'm way cooler than Earth. And who wants to live there anyway? You got all that water and atmosphere. Bleh. Ew. Yuck. Anyway, what if Earthlings are really from Mars? <laughs> Mind blown. What? Yeah. I know. It sounds bonkers, but hear me out. Okay, so I was once like this warmer, wetter planet. What if, like, what if life started here and then somehow hightailed it to Earth? I mean, why else would all you Earthlings be eating Mars bars and roasting Mars mellows? And grown-ups, they're always drinking Mars teenies? Huh? I mean, it seems like you're pretty Mars-minded. Oh, and what about NASA? They're like, oh, we're going to send some satellites and rovers to study Mars. But you know the real reason? is probably because they're trying to find a way back home. I'm going to come out and say it. Look, you're all Martians, and I welcome you to come back home and live on my face. See you soon, Martians. Oh, and be sure to check out my next video where I'll be answering your questions. Mars out. Here's something you won't see in the night sky, or anywhere for that matter, because you can't see it at all. It's a... Sierra and Isaac, are you ready? Yes. Yep. Here it is. Do you guys have any guesses about what that might be? Um, sounded like something that was moving. Mm-hmm. Like rolling over things, like maybe a car or like a bike. Isaac, what do you think? It sounds like a rover on Mars. Oh, good. Yeah, you guys are good. All right, well, we're going to get back to that in just a bit. But first, Mars shouldn't get all the glory. Yeah, we share the solar system with a bunch of awesome planets. Mercury... Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Throw in Earth and Mars, and that's eight totally unique planets in our one super solar system. Talk about squad goals. And to help you remember these epic eight orbs, we set our solar system to music. Okay, let's see Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. Planets all up in the sky, find them in the stars. and Saturn, Uranus and Neptune too, the solar system one by one, eight planets orbiting the sun, the solar system one by one, eight planets orbiting the sun. Do you have a question? about Mars or planets or anything, send it to us. Go to brainson.org slash contact. That's what Cooper did. My question is, why does lava move so slowly even though it is hot? Isn't lava a liquid? 
Why doesn't it move more like water? We'll answer that in our moment of um at the end of the show. We're working on two new episodes, and we want you to weigh in. That's right. We're looking into what makes fun things fun and what makes gross things gross. But what is fun and what is gross? We'd love to hear you try to explain fun and gross. How would you describe them to, say, a robot? Isaac, how would you describe the concept of fun? Happy, excited. And Sierra, how would you explain what gross is? Gross is like something that people regularly don't like. They don't want to get near it. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to smell it. It's just something that they hate. Very good answers. Well, we want your answers too, listeners. Record yourself explaining fun and gross, and we may use it in an upcoming show. Thanks! I'm Molly Bloom, and with me today is sibling duo Isaac and Sierra. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Are you guys ready to give that mystery sound one more try? Yep. You guys are in sync. I love it. Here it is again. Okay. Any new guesses after hearing it a second time? I think I'll stick with my guess of it like being um, like a car rolling over something. Good guess. Isaac, what do you think? I still think it's a rover. So you guys are in agreement that it's something kind of moving on wheel-like things over a surface. Yeah. All right. Here's the answer. Hi, I'm Natalie and I'm 13. I'm Caden, and I'm 11. Hi, I am Jack, and I am 8 years old. You live in Portland, Oregon. And that was the sound of us rollerblading. Thanks for listening to our sound. Bye! Oh. Well, I would say you guys were very close, because you both had this idea of wheel-type things moving over a surface. So I'm impressed. Good listening skills. Okay, to wrap up our show... Oh, look at that. What? Just got a notification. Mars just posted a new vlog. Awesome. You know, I sent Mars a question after listening to your last Mars episode. Oh, the episode about whether humans could ever live on Mars? Yeah. Let's see if Mars responded. Click that video, Molly. Hey, guys, it's me, Mars. Check it. I'm a planet, and I'm pretty red. Surface cold, pretty sure it's dead. Feed a horse, that that horse is fed. These are words that I'm saying from my head. I'm just working on my solo album. It's gonna be pretty lit. So, Mars Dx, thanks for all the questions. To help me answer them, I've got scientist Abigail Freeman from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Woo! Oh, thanks so much for having me. Abby works with a Mars robot called Curiosity Rover. And fun fact, when it drives on me, it kind of tickles. Anyway, let's start with an easy question. Why is Mars the coolest planet? Go. I mean, well, second coolest besides Earth. I know, right? Wait, what? 
What are you talking about? Mars is way cooler than Earth. Well, Mars is certainly a lot colder than Earth. The average surface temperatures on Mars are much, much lower than what we get on Earth. But, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think Earth is pretty cool because it's where I live. Since you're my guest, I'm going to let you be wrong about that. Anyway, let's answer some fan mail. Here's the first one we got from Reese in Minneapolis. My question is, why is Mars red? Yeah, this comes up a lot. Yeah, so Mars is red because it it has a mineral we call iron oxide throughout the planet, and it basically is the same sort of thing that we see when we have rust. So it's it's a rusty planet. It's not because I'm sunburned. Not because it's sunburned, no. It's not because I'm embarrassed either. No, not because it's embarrassed. Some planets are just red. Because that's the way it is. Yeah. Red's my power color. Okay, next question. My name is Sasha from London, and my question is, can you boil an egg in space or scramble an egg on Mars or Jupiter or any non-Earth planet? Thank you. Now, that's a really creative question. Sounds like somebody wants to open a space restaurant. It might be hard to boil an egg if you were in space in your spacesuit with your frying pan because there's no air in space. So if you had any water, it would boil away right away really fast. So you wouldn't have time to cook the egg. Well, what about the scrambled eggs? Could you still make eggs on me? I don't see why not. I, th- I think you would be able to cook something on Mars. I think... Mars is very cold, so you'd have to bring a a really nice stove to heat everything up. Uh, We actually, we do have an oven in the Curiosity rover, and we use it to cook rocks. We heat the rocks up in the oven to hundreds and hundreds of degrees, and we can measure the gases that come off of the rocks and look at what they're made of to help us better understand what sort of molecules are inside of the rocks. Baked rocks? That's pretty hardcore. So, Abby... Scientists seem pretty obsessed with me. Why am I so intriguing? Oh, that is an excellent question. Mars is really interesting because we think in the past it once was a lot like Earth. We think it was once a lot warmer. We think there was lakes and rivers on the surface. But today it's a really cold, a really dry place. It has almost no atmosphere, almost kind of no air for you to breathe. So the question that we're really interested in understanding is Why is Mars such a different place today than it was in the past? And then second of all, we're interested in understanding if Mars did used to be like Earth, did we have life that ever arose on Mars? Great answer. You forgot to mention I'm also really good at Sudoku puzzles. Okay, up next, this guy. My name is Nathan. I am from Toronto. My question is, what does Mars' ground look like? You know, I never really look at my own ground. What is it like? It's really rocky. We see a lot of big rocks. We see rocks that look like they came out of volcanoes, rocks like you might see in Hawaii. Uh, You also see a lot of dust, a lot of soil. Everything on the ground is very red because basically the entire planet has rusted. And you know what they say, rust don't bust. Who's with me? Okay, fine. How about this one? My name is Layla from Durham, Maine. My question is, why is Mars so dusty? That's an excellent question and something all the scientists actually we still wonder about. Uh, Our best guess right now is that basically the surface has been really dry for a really long time. Um, You do have a little bit of an atmosphere that does blow the rocks around. We have big uh, impacts from meteorites that come in and they smash into the ground and they break up the rocks. And these small pieces are then broken into smaller sand grains. And then those sand grains blow around in the atmosphere. And that blowing around of sand grains chips off really, really tiny pieces of
pieces of the sand grains, and that's what makes the dust. And when you have this going on for billions and billions of years, like we do on Mars, it just makes the whole surface really dusty. All I have is dust in the wind. Okay, here's another one. My name is Mike from Virginia, and my question is, Mars, do you have any other body parts, or are you just a big red ball? Your Earthling fan, Micah. Well, you see, Micah, <clears throat> check. Here we go. Yeah. I don't need no parts. I live large. I'm a planet. If it's just my name, then screenshot it or scan it. I look like a wall, like a space pomegranate. Stealing all your hearts like a solar system bandit. Bandit, 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 bandit. Seriously though, my solo album drops September 1st. Get the deets and score a copy when you fund my Kickstarter. Okay, up next. My name is Micah from Rancho Santa Margarita, California. My question is, how did Mars do this magnetic field? Yeah, what did I do with that? I mean, it used to be like right here, and I don't know where I put it. That's an excellent question. Mars, a long time ago, we think, had a magnetic field. Uh, This is basically a shield around the planet that protected it from harmful radiation from the sun and from space. What powered the magnetic field was convection inside of the core. Basically, the core of Mars was warm enough that it was turning over and spinning, and that spinning was what formed the magnetic field. So, like, scientists think my core was so hot, it was sloshing around inside me? Like... Like, would you have a belly full of melted ice cream or something? Yeah, that's right. Whoa. And so when that stuff in my core was sloshing around, it kind of generated a magnetic field around me? Yep. Wow. That's pretty cool. So what happened to it? Mars is pretty small, and the core lost heat relatively quickly. So we think the magnetic field stopped being around the planet around the time that the core cooled off. It stopped convecting. It stopped spinning. And then there was no more magnetic field. Well, bummer. But, like, can't we just, like, reactivate my core with Pilates or something? No, unfortunately, I don't think there's any reasonable way we know of that could restart the core. I know there's movies about that in Hollywood, but in reality, I don't think we'd be able to restart the core and and make a magnetic field for the planet. Oh, man. Well, it's not like a magnetic field is important or anything, right? (laughs) Well, let me explain. Magnetic field's important because it protects us from radiation, so a lot of harmful things from space uh, are shielded when you have a magnetic field and Mars doesn't have that anymore, so there's a lot of intense radiation that reaches the surface. Welp, this is depressing. But with or without a magnetic field, I am going to live my best life. Okay, one last question. This one is from Sierra? Wait, isn't she hosting Braze All right now? Anyway, she asks, Yo, Mars, can you solve this math problem? One car left to go to a place that is five miles away from his house. If he was driving at 15 miles per hour, how long would it take to get there? (laughs) Easy. Five miles is one-third of 15. So if the car is going 15 miles an hour, it would take one-third of an hour, which is 20 minutes. Bam! Mars just mathed ya. That's it for this video. Shout out to Abigail Freeman. Abby, where can people follow you on social media? No, I don't have social media. What? I, I do have a Twitter, but I never tweet. Wow, you are weird. Okay, well, follow me instead. And Abby, thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Keep up the good work. Thanks. You too, man. Obviously. 
Mars and Earth are neighbors, but thanks to their orbits, they aren't always the same distance from each other. This July, the two planets will be closer than average. And you should be able to see Mars without a telescope. We know Mars used to be warm and wet, but now it's cold and dry. Scientists are studying the planet to find out how it changed. That's it for this episode. Brains On is produced by Molly Bloom, Sandin Totten, and Mark Sanchez. We had production help from Jackie Hendry, Lauren D., and Emily Bright. Engineering help from Cameron Wiley and Veronica Rodriguez. And many thanks to Carrie and Corey Vilhauer, Kara Hetland, Eric Ringham, Laura Ewan, Jade Yang, and Abby Samuels. The show is made possible with help from the National Science Foundation. And we're powered by listeners like you. Speaking of listener power, let's answer that question about lava from Cooper. It's time for the moment of... My question is, why does lava move so slowly even though it is hot? Isn't lava a liquid? Why doesn't it move more like water? So lava is definitely a liquid. Um, when it cools enough, it becomes a solid rock. Uh, but hot lava flowing at the surface of the Earth is more than about 1,200 degrees Celsius. My name is Kelly McGregor. I'm a professor in the geology department at McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota. Lava flows much more slowly than water does, in large part because it's a highly viscous material. And viscosity basically just means resistance to flow. And the reason that lava is more viscous than, say, water is because all the molecules in lava like to stick together and they don't like to be pulled apart. And fluids that can hold hands and stay together better will actually flow more slowly. So, for example, if you put a big blob of honey on a slanted desktop or tabletop, it's going to flow much more slowly than a big blob of water. The lava would probably flow more slowly than the honey or the water because the molecules in the lava, the silica molecules, want to stay really close to each other. So even though it's very hot and even though it's also a fluid, it's going to flow more slowly because those molecules are trying to stick together. And that's what makes lava more viscous than honey or water. Time to get into the flow with the latest group of kids to join the Brains Honor Roll. These kings and queens of curiosity sent us questions, mystery sounds, drawings, and ideas. You can join them by heading to brainson.org contact. And now, the newest members of the Brains Honor Roll. Liam from Carmel, Indiana, Daniel from Evanston, Illinois, Sophia Leah from Garden City, New York, Ingayo from Revelstoke, British Columbia, Mac and Avery from Los Angeles, Jay from Michigan, Anna and Eva from Fleming Island, Florida, Maggie from Edwardsville, Illinois, Owen and Collins from Nashville, Kinsley from Missouri, Colton and Nick from Frisco, Texas, Abigail and Bronson from Carson, California, Sasha and Elise from Somerville, Massachusetts, Dylan from Trout Lake, Washington, Jimmy from Mission Viejo, California, Bennett, Gretchen and Sylvie from Sherwood, Oregon, Abram from Spring Hill, Tennessee, 
Rebecca from Charlotte, North Carolina, Lily from Columbus, Ohio, Sylvia from Boylston, Massachusetts, Hudson from Tennessee, Charlie from Stamford, Connecticut, Rilo and Judah from Centerton, Arkansas, Corbin from Cottonwood Heights, Utah, Ian and Alexandra from Bedford, Indiana, Palmer from Indianapolis, Emma from Shreveport, Louisiana, August from Minneapolis, Harper from Pelham, Alabama, Kaya and Karen from Virginia Beach, Virginia, Benjamin from Bristol, Virginia, Isabella and Zachary from Norcross, Georgia, Evan from Pittsburgh, Landon from Occidental, California, Noah, Luca, and Oliver from Golden, Colorado, Neela from San Francisco, Avalon from Arusha, Tanzania, Kai from New Orleans, Ruby from Brooklyn, Alita from Portland, Oregon, and Elliot from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's it for this time. Thanks, Thanks for listening. And don't forget to rate and review Brainsaw. Drop it five stars. Also, you could tweet about it or you could review it on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, stream it on Spotify. Wait, chalk it on the sidewalk. No, no, no. Post it on Tumblr. No, wait, send an evite. Listen in the free section of next door. Oh, add it to the.